0: Welcome to the Asset Management Mastery Podcast. Your hosts, Gary Lipsky and Kyle Mitchell, have more than 50 years of combined experience in operations and management and more than 25 years of real estate investing experience. This show focuses on educating syndicators and apartment owners on how to build systems and manage their properties more efficiently to become a best-in-class operator. 100% straight talk. Let's jump in.
1: Hey, everyone, welcome to the Asset Management Mastery podcast. I'm your co-host, Kyle Mitchell, also joined by Gary Lipsky. This segment is focused on educating operators, building better systems, and becoming a best-in-class operator. Also, be sure to check out our Facebook group, Asset Management Mastery.
2: How many times have you thought, there has to be a better way, while working through endless rent rolls and historicals? Enter RediQ, who will process and standardize them, generate deep and accurate property insights, and bring you through the final underwriting all in just five minutes. As for underwriting, thanks to RediQ's new Excel add-in called QuickSync, you can continue using your own model and instantaneously populate it with the data from RediQ with just the click of a button. Request a demo today at RediQ.com.
1: All right. Today on the show, we have Perry Zing and Ed Sittler. Welcome, guys. How you doing? Good. Hey. Nice thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for being on. If you guys can start by telling the listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you currently do.
2: My name is Ed. I uh, live in Dallas. I moved here about a little over two years ago from San Francisco where I used to be a paralegal. Quit my job to focus on real estate full-time when I moved out to Dallas. Just kind of jumped right in. We joined a mentoring group and we've done uh, two, two deals so far as uh, sponsors.
3: And my name is Perry Zhang. I am currently an engineering manager at LIF, being at Lyft for about five years. Before that, I was at Twitter and then before that, I was at Amazon. I started syndicating about two years ago. And right now, I have more than 1,000 doors and syndicated two deals with 580 units.
4: Thanks for joining us today, guys. Let's talk about your $1.4 million CapEx budget on the 172 unit in Dallas. You know What projects did you want to tackle first and why? Yeah, so
2: on that one, I mean, there was a ton of work to do. So the first two most important ones were definitely the roof, because that actually got damaged in a hailstorm, like literally a day or two after we went under contract. <laughs> so that was obviously just like critical to... Make sure there weren't leaks and you know further damage. So that was priority number one. That was covered by an insurance claim. It was a whole a whole thing. Another story for another time. And then the probably the second biggest priority was foundation repairs, because there were four buildings, probably about twenty or so units that were essentially not habitable. The the owner had rented them out probably just to get occupancy up when they were selling it. But I mean they were like disaster. So that was basically second priority. Just literally getting 20 down units online, just getting the foundation repairs done. After that, it was moving on to like a lot of the curb appeal stuff, exterior, carpentry, paint, landscaping, signage, parking lot, uh, resurface. Those were our our first priorities.
4: Nice. And so, you know, probably you had to deal with the lender. So Perry, talk to me about working with the lender on some of these, you know, high priority items. What were the roles, uh, you know, some different players involved in this process played?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So Ed is boots on the ground. He helps get bids, track the progress and does quality control. The property management company actually is the one usually going out and get the bids because we try not to do it ourselves because as soon as we do it, we we want to manage others and influence others to do that. We also have Brandon Martinez. He helps us, I guess, some of the capex and large bits as well and he also helps manage some of the projects brandon is a big help because there were so many projects we try to do a lot of things at once and he had a large kind of a contact list of contractors when we're starting up. so because this is our first deal in dallas he was very very helpful and also works with the lender on the withdrawals. So we have an asset manager from Arbor, our lender, and that is an ongoing conversation of this is how much we've done and so on. Then we take these bids, also go to CityGate, which is our property management company, the accounting team to say, hey, this is what we've done and can you send the, the withdrawal
4: requests? So these are kind of the players in the whole process. Nice. And Ed, tell, talk about some of the sequencing of the projects.
2: hmm Yeah, so, you know, like I mentioned, the roof and foundation were the two like critical, you know, must dos right away. So, those we pretty much started like day one. You know, before we closed, we already had gotten bids and basically had the contractors lined up. So, like, literally within a day or two after closing, we were like moving on those. They still took longer than we expected, of course, (laughs) but you know, that was the priority. So, in terms of sequencing, those were the first two. We did parking lot actually probably too soon because we did like restriping and everything while a bunch of this exterior work was going on. And then by the time it was all done, like you basically have to restripe again because it was all scuffed up. So that was a mistake for sure. In terms of other kind of mistakes in sequencing, I would say gate repairs was another big one that we didn't do soon enough. The previous owner had done a lot of the fencing and gating, but they never finished it. And so it was always like on our plate, you know, but we sort of kicked the can down the road on that. And then in retrospect, we realized like gates are super important, especially for like a C class property, you can get a lot of vagrants and stuff that you don't want on the property. That was a lesson for sure.
4: You've got all this work going on. How, how do you hold your contractors accountable for the work they're doing?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, that's a big one, obviously. Part of it is just You know, making sure you don't pay them up front, of course, right? You know, usually they'll want like 50% down or something like that up front. But certainly never, never pay the full amount until you've done a good inspection, make sure everything is as expected. You know, we've had a lot of instances where we had to go back and have them fix things. And usually if they're a decent contractor, they're upstanding, they're gonna be cool with that. They know there's always gonna be things that were not necessarily perfect the first time around. So that's that's reasonable. And then, you know, beyond that, sometimes you do run into a situation where You know, it is kind of a a skeezy contractor, maybe, and they just don't want to complete it. And sometimes you do have to end up, you know, eating an extra cost to, to get somebody else to finish up the work. We've had that in a couple of cases. That's kind of in terms of lessons. That's another big one where sometimes it's worth paying a little more in the first place to get a better contractor than having to go back and kind of fix subpar work.
4: Yeah, that's it. It's a good segue to my next question. I was going to say, what are the three biggest lessons you've learned from uh, your CapEx project? So, I don't know, Perry, do you want to take this one?
3: Yeah, I can take a step out. So the first one is to come up with a business plan, plan the renovation ahead as much as possible. Uh, we sit down, we came up with we use an engineering term, P0, P1, P2. P0 means its highest priority. P1 means second highest priority, P2, and so on. So P0 means we're going to do it in the next month. P1, we're going to do it in the next six months. And P2 is what like we can do it uh, in an, in a year's time. Okay, And we put all of that in a spreadsheet. And basically, the sequencing it of it is really important. And you also don't want everyone to be on the property doing a bunch of things because that could be destructive and distracting to the tenants. Okay? The second one, which is we don't know what we don't know. You should not escrow your renovation. Don't escrow most of your rehab budget if you can avoid it. So what that means is we assign this amount of money from a lender's perspective to do this amount of capbacks. If you want to change the line item, essentially you are changing the mixture of that security and the lender cannot resell that security to their investors. So what that means is If you have $100,000 to do line item X, you cannot easily change it to pivot to do line item Y because that's essentially changing the the composition of that security. So what that means is if you can have most of the money in your bank account, you can do whatever you want. But if you have to follow a set of rules by the lender, that's not good. So don't escrow most of your rehab budget with the lender. The last one to add point is it's it's really at the end of the day is time and money, right? Sometimes it's worth paying more to save time. So that's that's a really important. The classic example there is the gate, right? We went with the cheaper option and then that didn't work out. And with this kind of like class C demographic, you actually really want to make the gate super secure and as early as possible. So those are the two top three lessons that I know.
4: Thanks for sharing those. When you're talking about the escrowing, the, the rehab, yeah, you, so you raise it from the from the LPs so you have the options to kind of be flexible and whatnot with that. Is that, that what you're getting at? Yeah, so you do raise the money from the LPs, but the lender,
3: because this is a pretty large CapEx budget, the lender will withhold some of the reserve for capital improvements. And they will have like, you allocate this amount for this a line item of CapEx work. If you can avoid them doing that, it it will be better because then it's free form. I got 100K. I can do basically whatever I want as long as it CapEx. But if you allocate 100K only for the, say, for the soccer playground, or what if you don't do the soccer playground and you actually need that 100K to do interior renovations, it's a more slow conversation to ask the lender to change that
2: allocation. Just, you know, you know, obviously the reason you escrow a bunch of money with the lender is to get a higher LTV, right? So there is an advantage to it and that's why we did it. So it's just important to note, right? Yeah. You are going to have a lower LTV probably if you, if you just try to, if you don't escrow it and just keep all the money in your own account. So, you know, there's a trade off. I'm not saying, we're not saying never do it, but just be aware of the difficulty <laughs> if you do it.
1: All right. Perfect. Our final question for both of you guys. Uh, what is your asset management superpower?
2: Okay, I'll go first. We might have different ones. I'm gonna say attention to detail, maybe kind of a lame superpower, but uh I think you know, it's like the devil's in the details, right? I think a lot of our success insofar as we've done a good job, I think we've done a pretty good job on on this property. And I think a lot of that's due to just really digging into all the numbers, you know, we review our Financials, like constantly looking for any little thing that we can tweak, and you know, same on on the the capex, really just digging into the numbers, making sure we're we're spending our money, you know, as efficiently as possible. So, you know, there's big picture stuff is important too, but for me personally, I like think it's really digging into the details is where I get the most value out.
3: Yeah, and mine will be the almost the opposite end, and that's why Ed and I complement each other. my um, is. Just having a a vision, a big picture. This is what we want to do. And this is what we want to achieve. I think about more of a strategic planning. And we want this property to speak to our values. So we want to do what's best for the tenants and so on. So for example, I don't mind spending money on making the leasing office really, really good. It's a C-class property, but it's actually a B-class leasing office. So having that vision is really important because we have the N in mind. So that's why Ed and I have been business partner for six years and we've been working really well together. I'm kind of the overall vision person and then Ed is the boots on the ground, the meticulous and the detail card. So...
1: Yeah, perfect. Sounds like a great partnership there. All right. Lastly, can you guys tell the listeners where they can find out more about you?
2: Sure. Yeah, for me, you know, I'm not big on social media. Probably just shooting me an email is usually the easiest way. That's Sittler, C-S-I-T-T-L-E-R-C at Gmail. I am on Facebook too, so you can just find me on Facebook too. I'll, I'll respond to messages there as well.
3: You can find me, Perry Zane, on Facebook and you can just add me on Facebook or DM me.
1: All right. Perfect. Well, everyone, thanks for listening in. I do want to tell you that we are moving this platform over to its own podcast. It has been tied to the Passive Income podcast, but we are now moving this over to Asset Management Mastery in two weeks. So you can find us there. Please subscribe, like, and review, and we'll talk to you next week.
0: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go to iTunes and leave a rating and written review to help us grow and reach more listeners. You can also go to the Asset Management Mastery Group on Facebook so you can reach Kyle and Gary and ask your questions that you want them to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, to stay updated, go to assetmanagementmastery.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with Gary and Kyle, sign up on the contact page so you can talk to them directly. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in again next week for another episode.